Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You coming to bed, hon? Yep. Honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow. 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 Ah. Some things never change. Ow. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. Ow. And... Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to episode 29 of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. It's a super exciting day because not only is Alfred back in America. Hello, hello, hello. Matt is also back in America. You never left though. I never left. You never left. <laughs> you went to Beirut. You just went on a honeymoon. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Pete. How does it feel being married? Pretty much the same as it did before. Do you feel more committed? I feel more grounded. Yeah, I feel more like grown Alex up. Ferguson, get the youngsters married and they'll be more focused, um, more willing to, to, to get involved in the research aspect of the podcast. Because uh, we've got a good shirt number coming up today. Good we certainly number. have. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Uh, I'm tired. I'm tired today <laughs> because I've been having a mosquito problem. Four mosquitoes broke into my apartment last night. And took it in turns. They were like they, they were they were rotating bites like Stoke uh, under Pulis. Uh, so I've been up since five catching mosquitoes. Um, and anything else miscellaneous before we get into it, Alfred? You've got uh, you've got a gripe. You've got a gripe. Well, I've I've started on Twitter to get into the habit of screen grabbing great content. So I'm stealing content. I'm posting it online. And it was astonishing to see when I posted a little tweet about Superjack being back uh, in last game, not, not today's game, and how quickly there were some people on Twitter who stole it and got thousands of retweets using my stolen content. What was their name? Let's just call them out and shame them. Oh, Scum. no. Just leave it at that. Let's not, let's not, let's not put any, 
and you focus on them. Um, so uh, on that bombshell, why don't we <laughs> why don't we crack into Alfred's favorite part of the show, and that's uh, an exploration of the number twenty nine. Yeah, you know, sometimes as we get into these later numbers, there aren't maybe some of the best players that have ever played for Arsenal, but I think this is one of the most interesting and thought-provoking shirt numbers we've had in a while, just because some of the players have really divided opinion. So number 29, the current incumbent, who was sort of dividing opinion at the beginning of the season, is not really dividing opinion now, Granit Xhaka. Oh, another another good but bad day for him today, but we'll talk about that later. I mean, I'm not... Yeah, let, let's talk about him later, but uh, let, needless to say, I'm not his biggest fan at the moment. But someone who I think... The last incumbent of the ship before, Xhaka, was someone I know who's very close to Alfred's heart, Kim Kalstrom. Oh, Kim. I mean, what 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 a guy. Seriously, I think I think he might be one of the most talked about players on this pod, which I think is incredible. I, I didn't think we were going to have an opportunity to ever talk about him again until I realized that today was number 29. I mean, he signed him with a, what was he doing, a broken back? Broken back, yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> and his, his highlight was that, but he did score a penalty in the FA Cup semi-final shootout versus... Hull. Hull. Very good. Um, before Kim Kallstrom was a player who I genuinely have tried to erase from my mind, I was actually reminded of him earlier when I saw in an Arsenal messaging group that someone would rather have this player than Granit Xhaka, Marouane Shamak. Oh, oh, dear. We, 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 we chased him for, what, two seasons and avoided buying a replacement for... Who was it? Was it? I can't even remember. It was. It was just a terrible player. He was. He's the only player that I can remember Arsenal signing that had a compilation done by Bordeaux fans of his misses, and it, it was like it was about, it about twenty five minutes long. Someone should have. Someone should have taken a look at that. But, but what the thing that everyone forgets was. is that uh, Van Persie was out injured. When he arrived, and his first ten games, Shamak, he was outstanding. He's got some really good goals, led the line. And as soon as Van Persie came back, he was just like, "Right, I've done my job. Ignore the rest. The other four and a half years of my contract, I'm going on going on holiday." So uh, maybe there was maybe there was a decent player in there somewhere. Didn't he get caught up in some weird like some sex tape scandal? In yeah. wasn't there some weird Vegas sex tape scandal, and he didn't want it released? Definitely, definitely looks like that. And I had, hope so, because that were, at least there would have been a highlight in his Arsenal career. And he had that sort of weird, he had like long hair and was bald at the same time. <laughs> we'll come on to baldness a little bit later. Uh, another Swedish player, Sebastian Larsson. Wonderful. R- looked, looked really good. <sighs> he was so handsome. Seb Larsson. Set, ki- set piece king. I mean, so, if you can be a king at some point. So with a couple of, uh, of, of good Swedes in there, maybe, Alfred, if you were playing for Arsenal, you would wear the number 29 shirt? Definitely. Uh, oh, God. Remember this guy? Uh, Cashley Hole. <laughs> Remember him? Who? Cashley Hole. Oh. <laughs> he was 29. He started off at 29, yeah. Oh. He was so good, wasn't he? He, he was good. He was good. It sort of hurts now, doesn't it? Which yeah, are... sting. <laughs> <laughs> that he left and things 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 got better. Things got better for him. Bastard. Uh, one person who it didn't get better for, uh, 
Jermaine Pennant, because uh, he was a wonder kid from Notts County, signed at 16 or 15 for two million. Currently and- ripping it up a Billericke. <laughs> yeah. With a collection of right salty, right salty characters over there. And enjoyed a, uh, a season or two at Her Majesty's Pleasure. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> didn't he? I don't know what was the story. Didn't he turn up to training once and vomit on himself? <laughs> I'm sure that that was a uh, uh, when he was at Birmingham. And finally, Stephen Hughes, the uh, the sort of English Aaron Ramsey of the late '90s, who's uh, appeared in various shirt numbers, uh, but yeah, was also a 29. So a fine bunch of players. Quite quite an interesting assortment there. Yeah, storied shirt. I'd love to. Uh, delve into the psyche of Wenger and what he's thinking on that number 29. Well, they say what does he, it represent? They say he, Wenger, is all about the details. So I'm sure that when he assigns a shirt, he is thinking about uh, what it could do for the player. So I talked about it earlier that I stole some content the other night watching the Europa League, and it was when Jack scored oh. a goal, I almost said there, but it was Giroud, but... That was Jack Wilshere's goal. Jack was back. It was amazing. Okay, it was in the Europa League, but there was something in my whole body that screamed and shouted. Uh, I was in the office. People looked at me, wondered what the hell I was doing, uh, but I could not contain myself. It was such a glorious moment. Pete, how much are you loving the Europa League at the moment? It's my drug. It's my life. I'm, 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 I'm into the second string is more than I'm into the first team because the, the, the second string is, there's no, there's no position of hope. They're the underdogs, the unlikely lads, and they're just delivering average to okay performance after average to okay performance. And it's great because there's no expectations around it. I get to see Reese Nelson. I get to see El Elneny at centre-back, Debushi. Didn't, I didn't even know he was still at the club. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it's like uh, the League Cup on steroids. I think it's a bit like porn. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes, teeth. sometimes you don't want the uh, the best porn stars. You want some sort of dirty amateur stuff, <laughs> <laughs> doing weird stuff like El Nenny at centre back. You're like, oh, shouldn't this this has a low counter, and yeah. I shouldn't be enjoying this. But exactly, I'm really getting off on it. <laughs> yeah, there's something sort of predictable about Alexis Özil Ramsey. Sometimes you just want something a bit out of the ordinary. You know, a bit, a bit of Reese Nelson, a bit of, bit of uh, Nate, Nateland Miles, whatever they call that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's fast. <laughs> Maitland Miles, uh, are you guys convinced? I keep trying and trying and trying to, uh, to, to be amazed by this one, but I, I don't know. What's, what's up with him? All we ever talk about is his recovery pace, which is uh, not the first attribute you want to be talking about, the new Arsenal superstar. He's the, he's the, new, he's the new Dench. <laughs> <He's> the... <laughs> oh, God, he is. Uh, but yeah, I thought uh, it, it was a it was a fun game. Uh, we're we're racking up the points, uh, and it's it's a, it's a tough tough competition. Uh, Everton, a bottom of their group, uh, whilst I believe we are topping out. So, uh, like, who cares about the Champions League? I think it's, it's I grotesque. Did, I did have a vague premonition after that game that we are we're going to be like Liverpool in two thousand and one. We're going to we're going to do the treble of shit. We're going to do the <laughs> we're going to do the League Cup, the Europa League. Potentially an FA Cup, although that would probably actually be quite good. And, uh, and, and, and just sort of, we'll give Wenger another chance to sort of somehow come out of this season uh, with uh, maybe even a contract extension. 
Uh, well, he, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that a bit later, but he's going to have to sign a new contract next summer, isn't he? Really? Otherwise, we're just going to go into a, a nightmare year with even less good players. I wonder if a good run in the Europa League for Jack will convince him to sign on. Do you think he's got any interest in signing on? Because I don't see where he's going to go. That's better. Or do you, I, I, but he does look in retirement mode a little bit. He'd, no. take, he'd take a job, but he'd take a job by the beach. In well, Bournemouth? Well, we were saying earlier, as, and he was warming up and he came on today and like Alfred, I was so excited to see him come on against Everton. It feels like he's got the trust of the manager again. He's also got uh, it's sort of an emerging bald spot and it really struck us when we were talking earlier that he's at a crossroads in his career. He can either go the route of sort of Danny Murphy uh, or he can go and be Zinedine Zidane. And uh, it's that crossroads, isn't he? That he could be that that bald midfield maestro <laughs> dictating play. Which way is he going to go? I think he's still got a bit of ambition. Well, I, I think you know what he what it symbolises to me is that there there could be something left mm-hmm. next summer when we we lose both Ursula and Sanchez, and we're going to have to build around something. And it ha- the only project we have, the only project that we could possibly have is a project of resurgence. We have nothing else going for us, absolutely nothing. Um, and I think Jack, for me, kind of symbolizes at least one idea that I've spotted so far this season that, that I could be excited about, where we could see, you know, us after next summer actually trusting Reese Nelson, Jack, and Ramsey and, and players like that to uh, to form a new project of some kind. And or I bring think, back Project British Core. Yeah, bring it back. Resign Gibbs. <laughs> what was that really horrendous action film where they got like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, like Dolph Lundgren? Like what was that? That that's that's Dolph Lundgren. Is that the guy from Lundgren? He's a Swede. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I kind of feel like our season is a bit like that. Like we're, we're re-upping an old project. It's, it's almost like hipster vintage. Like, oh, did you see Arsenal trying to do that Project Youth thing again? <laughs> but yeah, I'm, ex- I, I, I'm, I'm excited about seeing Jack. I thought um, when he's playing against really awful teams, he just opens them up for fun, doesn't he? Like he look, he's looked really, really good in the Europa League. And if he could take some of that form into um, the premiership, that'd be great. But the... The underlying concern that you always have, kind of like Ramsey, they'll show a little bit of form and then bang, that popped popped hamstring and uh, and then it's back to square one. Yeah. So I mean, the word uh, from inside the training camp via, I think it was Martin Keown, is that Jack is looking incredibly sharp in training, hasn't looked better, uh, and everyone is incredibly excited. So uh, does that make a difference to the way you think about it? Or, uh, or do you think he's still got it? It's just the injuries mean that he'll never be able to fulfill his promise i i just think he for me he seemed like the guy who's been in a job for five years too long and they just don't really care they're just mailing it in leaving leaving at 5 30 on the door i kind of felt like jack was a bit like that seeing all the instagram banter that he was having when tyrone mings was advertising his uh his football school, Jack Wilshire was putting his hand up and saying, oh, like, I'd like to get a game over there or something. It's just, it just felt like, I don't know, when sports stars go from being super arrogant to self-deprecating about their abilities, you wonder whether there's a way back at elite level. But, I mean, looking good so far, it's his last chance at a big club because uh, I, I'm not sure who's going to poach him if he has a bad season but if he has a good season some big clubs might be in for him and then we'll lose him anyway 
We're in a terrible situation. <laughs> well, I mean, his big his big hope is the World Cup, right? Because he does fill a role in that team that no one else seems to be doing. I mean, the option is fucking Henderson, which is if you go into a World Cup with Henderson, you are not going to win the World Cup. And well, I, I don't think we're going to win the World Cup with Jack Wilshere either. Well, 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 you know, like, I think you have a bigger chance because you have some, some bloody creativity in there at least. But uh, you, you won't win the World Cup with Southgate. Uh, neither will we win the World Cup because we are facing a playoff with Italy. Um, so, I mean, we have something in common there. So, after the disastrous uh, last league game against Watford, where uh, Troy Deeney said uh, we lacked the uh, cojones uh, to, uh, to be a successful team, we had a tricky tie at Everton somewhere where we've had mixed results over the years. Um, but uh, we actually did pretty well. Alfred? We did pretty fucking well. I thought, you have to celebrate a 5-2 away to Everton with the goals that we scored. Some of them were incredible. I loved Sanchez's assist to Ozil. Ozil really turned up today, which was a delight to see, to remember why we once loved him, why we once sang those songs about him because he he had just the kind of performance that he sometimes does when he's been criticized on Twitter by an ex-player and he's facing a relegation team away. That's usually when he picks up his his best form, isn't it? Um, Pete, you, uh, you're worried that we're taking too much away from this game. Yeah, great, great performance against an absolutely atrocious team, completely uninterested in whatever the manager has to say. Um, and I think Arsenal fans are just like right back in there. Like we have one good result uh, against a, a team that's in 16th and we don't contextualize it. Uh, then we get our hopes up. We'll probably uh, we'll probably win our next three games, which I think is uh, Norwich, Swansea uh, and Belgrade. And then we'll go to City and we will get absolutely destroyed. Like we still conceded two today. Uh, and the last one was completely farcical. But like... I keep on saying you've got to enjoy the moment. Uh, I enjoyed the moment. I thought Ozil was fantastic. He always is when um, when he's given space to roam. I thought Lacazette did well to eventually get on the score sheet uh, away from home. Um, and I thought we looked pretty good, but still, still the same old flaws. I think that I think that midfield is porous, and I think against a, a, a team with. Uh, decent players and decent movement, I think we're going to get taken apart. I mean, you say contextualise it, Pete, but it's one defeat in seven. Uh, we really have stabilised since the Liverpool performance. You don't think there's anything in that? or I mean, that's, I, that's I, the context. I, no, I think the, I think the context is that we just, we haven't really had many tests and when we have had tests, we've kind of, we, we've flunked. I mean, like, Losing to uh, to Stoke uh, last week against uh, Watford, uh, like celebrating a draw against Chelsea. I mean, like good result, but like wh- where is, where is our season? Where is our season? What are we what are we really gunning for? And I I, I think that top six top six would be good. I think the only the only good thing going for us um, this year really is that uh, teams like Everton and Liverpool really are looking awful this year and I don't I don't see how they're gonna come back at us. So top four is is probably in sight, but I think the the United's, the Chelsea's, uh the Spurs is actually maybe not Chelsea, but United, Spurs and City are a standout and then it'll be up to us, Chelsea, um and maybe two others to to fight it out for fourth. Well let me just say today was the first time that 
we've seen Ozil, Sanchez and Lacazette play together. I mean, is, that must be a significant contributing factor because obviously if you have those players in your squad, you want them to be playing together. The fact that we're now almost in November and they haven't and that when they do, we're racking up the goals... What, is, what do you think that says? I mean, to, um, together with Ramsey, the, they got four goals and three assists are, are kind of top four attacking players. And I, I think that's delightful. That's kind of what we're seeing from City at the moment, where everyone is scoring and everyone's having a lot of fun. I also thought um, <clears throat> it was remarkable to see Sanchez dropping deep and picking up the ball as many times as he did. Uh, I think it's mainly because he didn't want Ramsey to actually have the ball. It was quite incredible to see the uh, the distrust in between the two of them. Uh, and that's probably mainly from Sanchez not trusting Ramsey. But no, I, th- I think it's a fair point. This is, We're nine games in. It was the first time we had our three arguably star players playing and they all performed. Um, Ursul really performed when he had people to give the ball to. His first, like, nine minutes was incredible. I think he has six created chances after 35 minutes, and the record in in Premier League this season is seven. Um, He had an absolutely incredible performance. And, you know, I I don't think any of us ever thought we were going to win the league uh, this season, and top four would be amazing if we actually managed to. I, I think I predicted us to finish six, which I'm, which I would almost be happy with if we if we lose a couple of players in uh, around Christmas. But you know, if, if we if we can actually finish fourth, that would be a miracle this season, and that that's going to be key to attract new players. So, Pete, after that Özil performance, would you keep him to the end of the season and hope he can get us fourth, or would you, uh, as is rumored, uh, let him go? In the uh, the winter window, potentially Manchester United are being talked about as potential suitors. So fantastic performance today! Like I think that people mistake me not having a lot of time for Özil as me thinking that he's a bad player. I think he's a, a like a, a fabulous talent, and he is capable of doing things like today. Um, you know, on, on a regular basis when teams don't turn up against us, my. Uh, my concern would be if we did want to sell him in January, the only place, the only club that I can see even remotely um, likely a destination is um, is United. And even though we're not in the running for the title, we cannot possibly hand them a, a chance or a better chance by giving him Ozil. Like, just bite the bullet. Like, if, if we wanted to sell Ozil, we should have done it at the start of last summer um, when maybe there was uh, interest. I think we've also got a little bit of uh, a little bit of power in this situation, in the same way that we did with Robert Van Persie. Um, Ozil has to play from January to May. He's going to need to be fit. He's going to need to be sharp. He's going to want to win the World Cup, and he's going to want to be in contention. If uh, if his performances dip, then we have a little bit of leverage there. So I don't I don't I don't see any reason for us to sell him. And I also wonder whether um, whether he'd jump at the move to go. Like it's a big risk. Uh, I mean, look at Mkhitaryan when he came from Dortmund to United last year. Mourinho benched him for the first four months. Like, who's to say he's gonna he's gonna get a start? I mean, he probably will get a start in the United lineup, but I don't know. It feels like it could be potentially a big risk. But I wouldn't let him go anywhere near any of our rivals. If he wants to sign a pre-contract agreement with Juventus or somebody like that, fine. But like, he needs to be focused on us, and he, we can't have a Chamberlain-like situation where he might switch off in an important game. What do you think? Um, I don't think it's a risk for him to go to Manchester United because 
he will get a four or five year contract, which is what every professional player wants who's approaching, is at the age he's at. He'll get a significant pay increase, which is what every player wants. Um, he'll go to a manager who he's worked with previously and has shown that they seem to get on in some weird way, despite being uh, Mourinho calling him a coward and the like. It seems that Ozil likes, uh, likes it a bit like that. Um, so I don't think it's a risk for him. I also think that he's such an entrenched player of the German team that even if he didn't play another game all season for Arsenal, Lowe would still pick him because he's trusted him for the last decade. And and I think he would he would get in the squad regardless. So I don't think it's a I don't think it's a risk for him. But I do understand the need to be in peak performance coming into the World Cup. You can't if you're Özil not have played and then suddenly reach top form. So. Um, I think his ideal situation, and it sounds like he's been talking to, he's, he's been denying it, but there's definitely been a lot of smoke. So you presume there's some fire to these rumours. And I think he probably uh, will, will, there probably will be a bid, even if it's just from Mourinho deliberately to unsettle us, because it's just a very Mourinho-esque thing to do, isn't it? To try and make us feel all a bit. Do you think the um, the nervousness fans have around players moving between clubs is maybe a little bit immature? Like in Italy their top players all move between the top clubs and nobody really bats an eyelid. Do you think it's like Arsenal fans to just accept, look, if we can get 15 million, that's 15 million that we can spend on other players? Or do you think that there's something I think it, it all depends on what is happening at the club because I think it's very difficult. Like, I was shocked at the animosity that went the way of Oxlade-Chamberlain, who I think was always a great servant to the club. And we got 40 million for a player and that's great. And I think the same is true with... Uh, Sanchez and Ozil they've never been disloyal they've never you know they have they they are respecting their contracts so the idea that the fans should be annoyed with them in some way seems ridiculously unfair the piece that is uh, less pleasant is when players uh, angle for moves away when they've still got many years left on their contract when you think of like Van Dyke and Southampton that was disgusting when you think about uh, the way Van Persie came out with a public statement. That was disgusting. Uh, when you talk, think about Ashley Cole nearly swerving off the road when he got, you know, it's, it's that sort of behaviour that I think rails fans. And I think fans need a bit more of it, a bit more intelligence and need to be able to distinguish between the two because, you know, players respecting their contracts and not wanting to sign on again, that's on the, that's on the club uh, for not providing uh, enough uh, stimulus in terms of new players, in terms of, uh, you know, the conditions around the club needed to succeed that's stopping these players from signing. Alexis Sanchez, if he thought we were a club going places, he'd be signing because he, he loves London. He's the main man. He's got all the conditions to succeed. But he knows uh, that that's not going to happen. So, uh, you know, I think it's it's unfair when players get a bad rap for want, not wanting to sign. Alfred, should he stay or should he go? He should stay and play and finish the contract. I I don't think... If we don't end up fourth, we are in a much worse position with the money we'd get for them than the other way around. And I, I'm completely with Matt on this one. I don't feel any um, sort of hostility towards any player who doesn't sign on at the end of their contracts, wanting to see uh, if if the club is willing to bet on the club. I mean, I would look around the club at the moment and be like, no, no one else is really believing in this. Why should I? Like, you know, the joke really is on them if they would sign at the moment with 
Arsene Wenger having been given a new contract, admitting that he was at fault for last season when they actually had they had a real opportunity, and and Wenger kind of fucked it. So I, I mean, no hostility towards them, but I do I do think both of them should stay this season. It would be incredible if they got to win the Europa League with Arsenal, get a European trophy, get us into the Champions League, uh, and then and then leave for another club where they can actually win the Champions League. So a, de- a delightful 5-2 win. Uh, and we can sit here and we can talk about all the positives all day. But come on, there's got to be some negatives. And I think the, the, there, there are two negatives out there today. And they're kind of intertwined and they will dictate how our season plays out. Uh, we have a jacker problem. Uh, the second season where he was going to have the breakout hasn't come. Another uh, unforced error today. Um, not having spatial awareness or the physicality not to get knocked over and the Aaron Ramsey kryptonite thing that's going on when uh, he and Ozil play in the same team together. Uh, let's take both issues as a singular. Um, Alfred, what what is up with Jacka? And uh, it was Matt's comment a few weeks ago that he's almost a good player. Is, it a, is, is that actually wrong? Is he actually just a, not a good player at all? I think there is something interesting to see with Ramsa, uh, with Ramsey and Jacker, uh, because Ramsey starts just running and doesn't distribute the ball, and that makes Jacker the creative player. And when he needs to be the creative player, he immediately gets worse defensively. And when he doesn't need to be the creative player, he is quite solid in the back. He just doesn't seem to have the maturity yet to be able to do both and to actually help dictate what he should be doing. Like, he could, if he was a real leader, you could tell Ramsey how to play so that he, he would have more cover. But, I mean, it, it is a, he's been given, like, a dream position for any player in the world uh, in his position at Arsenal, and he does not seem to ever be completely switched on. There, there is a script. I mean, you wrote it on your blog before that, like, this has a tracker mistake coming. You know, like we know it's going to happen uh, and it always does. And he then had, you know, like going forward, I think he he was playing quite well. Uh, he was distributing the ball wide several times brilliantly to both Bellerin and Kolasinac, which set us up for some really great attacks. He made the shot that uh, Monreal then thumped in and he hit the crossbar. And he that means that he can pull defenders out but because he keeps, um, you know, the, the offense being being kind of on their, on their feet uh, against him. So he does perform, but he, does, he doesn't have any balance. And he always seems to, whenever he has a good game creatively, he messes up in the back. Whenever he, he does the other, um, he, he has a good game defensively like we have no attack and we can't penetrate defenses Matt I mean you um you were talking earlier also about um would you rather have Jamak than than Xhaka well I think and look I think there's there's certainly something to say about Xhaka but I think one of the main issues is we've got a, a malfunctioning midfield like the midfield hasn't worked for a while and the last time it worked was that sort of Coquelin Cazorla piece, and um, and we sort of stumbled across that. And now with the formation change, you know, I just I just think we're completely unbalanced there. So we're not really setting any of our players up for success um, in what they do. So 
I think it'd be very, I mean, what two players could really play in our system and do well there is a, is, is a question. I mean, that, I thought when Wilshire came on, and I know I'm you know, going all yeah, Wilshire, love crazy, Wilshire didn't you? But he looked like he could do what Shaka did and add a bit of dynamism and a bit more sharpness in thinking because he could distribute, distribute the ball quickly. He was comfortable on the ball, but he was also better at closing people down. He's had more awareness of, of people around him. Um, my thought on Xhaka really is he just looks low on confidence. Um, I don't think we can forget that, assign him to the to the rubbish bin, but he just looks a bit ponderous and a bit slow. It looks like a mental issue rather than a, a physical issue. It looks like he's got a lot of the attributes needed to succeed. He's just um, he's just low on confidence, and and I don't know how we can get that back because I'm not sure that playing alongside Aaron Ramsey is the best way to give him confidence. I think he'd be more confident in a way alongside a Coquelin who can relieve him of, who can take on some of the def- more defensive work and allow him to use his range of passing between the lines, which we hear he's so good at, uh, to, to make more of a positive impact on the team. I did think the uh, Jack Wilshire suggestion, I mean, if he, if, if he was nailed on to be fit, you would comfortably put him in Jacker's position and expect him to deal with the physicality, expect to be more switched on, probably have, I mean, like a fairly equal range uh, of, of passing and he can dribble, like he can break the lines himself. Uh, I, I think the biggest problem that Jack is going to face, even when his confidence comes back, is that he's, he's not very fast and he's not very strong. Uh, I think when you see how Chelsea dominated um, proceedings last year like Conte is just uh, a, a monster he might not have the range of passing but he's a powerhouse and now the, the, what did they go out and do in the summer they added even more power uh, and, and pace to that midfield and I think until we start addressing um, what we used to be good at like finding those players you had the the physicality but also the ability to to pass the ball I think we're I think we're going to struggle I think Wenger's Wenger's bought a very uh, a very luxurious player without really thinking it through. I think we, we had a choice, didn't he? I mean, loosely of Kante um, or Jacker, And I think that he saw Jacker as like Kante with bells and whistles, but he just missed the core of what that guy does. And um, it, and it's been, but it's been a miss for years, hasn't it? I mean, we kind of accidentally got close with Coughlin, but then realized if you can't pass or think, um you're you're gonna you're gonna struggle so he's gone right off the radar for like despite a positive start and um yeah his finger just seems averse to signing physical players in the middle of the park but then we also have Ramsey and Ozil Ramsey has been looking good and to be fair he didn't have a terrible game today but they can't play together I think it's just amazing to see how unfit they are like as a as a combination and does Ursula really enjoy playing that kind of player? Does he like he doesn't seem to be making the passes for for Ramsey, and he has a much easier time uh, finding other people on the pitch. Um, and I think I think it's good for you pointing that out. The other thing is like when will Bellerin make a pass in the final third? He was atrocious today. His his like final ball today was absolutely terrible. And I I wonder why they didn't try to play it out to the left more with, with Kolasinac, but it's because of Sanchez was kind of occupying that whole role and, and dropping deep, whilst Bellerin got a lot of space on the right. But his final ball has been off the whole season, hasn't it? 
I don't think it's ever really been on. It's, he's always been much better at the at passing inside rather than delivering the final ball. And um, and we probably need to see a bit more from Bellerin. It's fully we all we all really like him and he's very fast, but he hasn't really developed over the last sort of twelve to eighteen months. I'd say bit of a history of right backs that can't deliver a final ball. Has Wenger ever had a right back that can deliver a final ball? Sanya was awful. Uh, Lauren Abue. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a problem for um, Bellerin as well because now we must be looking around uh, uh, how many players um, are moving up the food chain from Arsenal because he, he's gonna he's gonna be interesting while he's young, but once he hits once you hit those mid twenties and you're not developing, then you get into Kieran Gibbs sort of territory of just like existing and uh, and not progressing. So um, what's the what's the solution? What what we gonna what what we've got one of the greatest teams ever assembled uh, coming up in a few weeks. What does our how does our midfield deal with Manchester City playing the way they're playing? I thought you were talking about Swansea. <laughs> Sanchez he, he looks a, a great player, right? He's doing well on those fantasy scores. Sanchez Swansea. Yeah, he's, he's looking all right so far. He he looks sluggish on the pitch though. Like that is one one slow player. I'm not sure he's the future of Bayern Munich, uh, nor the future of Swansea. But no, I mean, the the question about when we meet Man City is fair. Man City is just looking absolutely incredible at the moment. Uh, they look solid in the back as well. And so many of their greatest goals have started with John Stones, basically, who seems to finally um, be becoming true. And he's looking like at the moment, maybe the best, one of the absolute best signings that Guardiola did in terms of being able to play out the back uh, from that way. And, I mean, they have finally, you know, like Guardiola said last season, I can't get used to this uh, this thing about, like, always playing for the second ball. And he, they are now finally just playing it around the pitch. There's not, like, Edison is looking magnificent from the back. And it's, I can, you can see the vision there. And, you know, versus... Peter Cech, who even if he has like 10 players in front of him to pass, he would he will just hoof it, um, you know, as far as he possibly can, um, looking terrified. That's going to be that's going to be a real, real challenge for us, as well as as the pace. I, I think that like the, the few moments today when we had things coming at Koscielny and Monreal and Mertesacker, I don't think we're looking looking very well. I mean, we had we had issues with Calvert Lewin. And even though we kind of knocked him bloody, it, it never stopped being dangerous. And and when we got Nias scoring against Czech at the end, like that is a fragile defense. Like they're not communicating. It was the second time in the in the game that Czech almost uh, was a fault for for a goal. And that is something we have to get out of the system before the City game because they will with Jesus Aguero, Sané, Sterling. They will punish us there. And in terms of, of pace, Kevin De Bruyne is, is looking like the world's best player at the moment. He will destroy Jacka. He will destroy him. It's um, yeah, it's not it's not looking very very likely that we're gonna walk away with a with a great performance there. I just think we're almost at our best when you completely write us off. So um like that's by, like Bayern Munich. That's the only. It's <laughs> the only hope I've got is that we are going to get. Someone's so, got to upset them, yeah. right? Someone's uh, Pep's going to underestimate someone. I just worry that they had three team meetings about how to beat Stoke, and I, I feel like uh, I feel like there's no chance that he's going to underestimate uh, 
Arsenal going into that game. And also, we're the perfect team for Pep, aren't we? Toe-to-toe. Like, there's going to be no strategy from Arsene. It's just going to be, let's, let's go for it. Go no, out and enjoy yourself. There's going, to be no, there's going to be no talk of a deep block, is there? Wenger's just going to go. Mind you, he, we've, we've surprised City in the past. Remember we changed our formation a yeah. few years ago, introduced uh, Coughlin and, and slinked uh, a win. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows? It may, also, it may almost help us that we lost that Watford game because otherwise we'd be going into the City game with potentially a 12-game unbeaten run and you know a couple of good performances and everyone saying that we are viable title challengers, whereas the Watford game probably it will still be fresh in the, fresh in the mind uh, and, and maybe make him adopt a slightly more cautious approach. Yeah, and I think that the, the great thing as well is because um, you know Liverpool are getting absolutely spanked right now. Everton are uh, going to be nowhere near the top four this season. Watford are no doubt going to fall away. Like, even if we do get hammered by City, like, win a few games after that, like, we, we should be within striking distance of the top four by January. And that's a positive. And like, level on points with Chelsea we are at the moment. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we're, we're, we're still in amongst it. We're not going to win the league, but at least there's a chance of top four, which I didn't think we had at the start of the season. So uh, we finish today's podcast on a high. Uh, Spurs uh, uh, beating Liverpool. Uh, and I don't say that the Spurs winning is a high, but at least, uh, at least Oxlade-Chamberlain is now looking down the barrel of a big, fat mistake. Uh, Arsenal are back to winning ways with a scintillating performance. Ozil, Sanchez and Lacazette, when combining together, uh, look the real deal. Uh, and uh, we are making headway um, on, the, on, the, on the points tally. So I'm going to say thank you for joining us, both of you. Uh, thank you, Alfred. Thank you so much, Pete. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Pete. We'll call that a day. Ciao for now. Hey, it's John. You want to look and feel your very best? Visit the team at Cool Contours. They are the number one cool sculpting provider in Virginia. Their award-winning team of certified cool sculpting elite and cool tone specialists work with you to create a fully customized treatment plan to achieve your dream body. Learn more at cool-contours.com. That's cool-contours.com. As ranked by Algen in June 2021, cool sculpting elite is FDA clear to visible fat bulges in nine areas of the body. Some common side effects include temporary numbness, discomfort, and swelling. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.